helping to secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. This is the Constitution Study on the America Out Loud Network with your host, Paul Engel. Sometimes we can't see the forest from the trees. We focus so much on one thing, we miss everything around it. For example, we've been focusing so much on everything that's wrong with America, we sometimes forget that millions of people every year don't run from here, they come here. I'm old enough to remember the Cold War. I remember people risking being shot crossing the Berlin Wall. Shark-infested waters and rickety rabs, even being put in front of a firing squad and shot just for trying to get to America. We were proud to be Americans. We knew we weren't perfect, but we were, we were proud not only of what we had achieved, but what we had brought to the rest of the world. Liberty, freedom, and the arms to defend them. Today, millions of people are still trying to get to America. So many that we have to turn many of them away, or at least that's what the law says. Yet it appears American pride is falling. Is it because America has become the, the racist and intolerant nation so many accuse, of, accuse us of? Is it because anyone here doesn't have the chance to become president, a rich tycoon, or whatever it is they want to be? Or is it because we spend so much time looking at our problems, we can't see the blessings of living in this country. Well, hello there, everyday Americans. Paul Engel here with the Constitution Study, where we read and study the Constitution. We teach the rising generation to be free. Today, I want to talk about American pride. I don't mean braggadocio. I don't mean the the the, the swaggering machismo that is often assigned to Americans, but the idea of being proud of what we are, of what we have, and well, what we could be again. See, I remember when Made in America was a good thing. You, you know, when when uh, uh, people would go out of the way to buy American, you know, you'd, you'd find the Made in American stamp on it. I, I also remember, oh, God, it's got to be about 15 years or more now. Walmart tried an experiment. They took all of their products that were Made in America, and they put Made in America labels on them. Wondering if people would, would buy more American if they knew which products were made in America. Interestingly, if my memory is correct, the sales of products made in America went down. There's a report of a poll coming, I think it was done by Morning Consultant. I'm sorry, Morning Consult. And they asked, um, Ameri- mostly they asked uh, uh, different generations, different questions. What they found is... Um, of the baby boomers, of which I am like the tail end of the baby boomer generation, 74% of us said that, well, we described that we were very proud to live in America. Now, for Gen X, that number fell to 53%. And you get into the millennials, well, that's 40%, and Gen Z is only 36%, or roughly one in three, say they are very proud to live in America. But overall, of all the U.S. adults that they surveyed, only 54% that said they were very proud to live in America, to live in the United States. And in, in many ways, I can understand that, but in many ways, it saddens me as well. 
Again, I understand it because I look at the news, I look at the information we are fed rarely, and it seems we spend most of our time digesting things that make America look bad. I was listening to a, a, a podcaster, and he described it very well. He says, imagine um, you are uh, uh, doing a report that they build a new building, and you're either deciding whether or not to buy the building, or they're doing a report on the building, and you walk through this 100-story building, and it is gorgeous. It is immaculate. It has some of the best architecture, some of the best decor. It's a beautiful building. But you see, there was one floor that was, was being remodeled. It was still under construction. It was dirty. It was dusty. It was not a nice place to be. And there was another floor that, well, you'd think it was designed by a blind man. The, the decor was awful. Um, several, you know, the, the restrooms didn't work properly. Now, imagine you're sitting at home and, and uh, you, you, you see a news program, a, a report on this brand new building. And all they focused on were those two floors, the one still under construction and the one that had been maintained probably, properly. Well, you'd think the whole building was awful, wouldn't you? But it was only two floors out of a hundred. And by the way, at least one of those two floors was in a, a transition. It was getting better, but it wasn't focused on. That's what I mean by missing the forest for the trees. I'm just as susceptible to this. Look at how much time I spend because of what I do looking at the problems we have in America. It's easy for me to think that, well, there's no hope that that the, the small percentage of people we tend to focus on represent the large majority of the American people. And every so often I'm reminded that that's not the case, that America isn't the country we are often portrayed to be, that we are frequently uh, so focused on the, the magician's trick, right? Focus over here on what I want you to look at so you ignore everything else. Now, I want to take a look at, I have to take a look at, at some things that show just, well, just how bad certain things are, but I don't want to put them in, in isolation. I want to use them as a foil for how good so many things actually are. In other words, I don't want to say, look at these two floors that are just an absolute mess. I want you to say, this building is beautiful. Yes, there are two floors that are that are a problem, but 98 floors are great, and they look even better when you understand just how bad those other two floors are. And, and here's a classic example. I'm sure we're all familiar with Greta Thunberg. You know, the the that the angry young lady that has spent years just railing at us that we're all gonna die that uh you know we that we've ruined the planet for her she stands no chance her life is ruined before it even started because of all us mean evil people that actually want to live a comfortable and and uh, life that uses fossil fuels you remember the same one that told us back in 2018 that humanity would end if we didn't stop using fossil fuels by 2023 the one that's been plastered, I believe, in a public example of child abuse across media all over the world, as if to uh, guilt us into following their ridiculous, nightmarish clown show, the, the, uh, uh, the, the self-delusional belief that the, the world is coming to an imminent end. I'm not saying the climate hasn't changed, right? It's got, it gets warmer, it gets colder. It's called weather. But the idea that um, 
that the world is about to end and it's all our fault? Well, it's not supported by anything related to actual science, by actual evidence. But think of it this way. I saw this interesting article. She recently tweeted that she's graduating high school. She graduated high school, or what in we would, the U.S. call high school. She's 20 years old, and she finally graduated high school. I don't know about you, but in, in, in most places, if you're 20 years old and you're just graduating high school, well, they think there's a mental problem. You're not the smartest, you're not the sharpest knife in the, in the drawer, so to say. But in her case, I believe her, her graduation was delayed well, because she spent all of her time telling us that we were dead when we weren't, that the world was going to end when it didn't. She spent all this time stumping for a myth that, if any of it is true, I don't mean what they're saying, if there is any truth to climate change, it's not going to have a significant impact in her lifetime. And she's now 20 years old and just graduating high school. And, and in her tweet, her self-congratulatory tweet, do you know what the biggest thing is for her? She's no longer going to be able to strike from school for climate. I don't know about you, but if you, were, if you were fed a constant dose of the lies coming out of this young lady's mouth, yeah, you'd be pretty miserable as well. And you'd think the world was coming to an end. I'm not miserable because, well, I can actually look at what's going on. I can look at the actual science, the facts, the data, and, and, and digest it. But how many of our young people are not that different from Greta Thunberg? No, they're not world famous. They haven't been plastered on media all over the world. But for their, a good chunk of their lives, they've been told the lie that, well, they're about to die. They have no future. Sure, they may grow up, but in 10, 15 years, they're all dead. Just imagine what that must be like. You wonder why only a, a third of Gen Zers are, are proud to live in America? Maybe because they've been fed this idea that, well, America uses fossil fuels, and that's leading to the death of the entire world. In other words, maybe this is based on that lie they've been told. That magician's trick that says, look over here at all these scientists saying we're all going to die and pays no attention to the actual data that's being produced. The, the, the fact that for decades we've been told that we're going to die and, well, not one of it has come, become, has come true. And, of course, we have all the, the facts and data about, well, the world is warming and, and you know, we've got the, ra the records, we've got the data. I'm looking at she at a, a, the uh, was a global climate change page at NASA, and and they say uh, the the Earth's global average surface temperature in 2020 statistically tied with 2016 as the hottest year on record. Oh my God, we're all gonna die! Except you look at the actual graph, you look at the actual data since 1880. The you know how much how how much hotter we are. 0.89 degrees Celsius, or 1.6 degrees Fahrenheit. We're the hottest, but only by a itsy-bitsy little bit. But then again, if you spent all your time being told, it's the hottest on record, it's gonna, we're all going to die, yeah, I'm sure you'd be a miserable teenager as well. But there's an interest, 
piece of this data that we need to look at because even that that 1.6 degrees fahrenheit may not mean what you think it means there's a, a a veteran meteorologist Anthony watts of the heartland institute and he's been studying weather and climate well for quite a long time and one of the things he does is he's traveled around the country inspecting meteorological equipment he looks at the actual equipment we use to measure the temperature and, and other meteorological data and and then he uses it as he studies the historical data. You know what he found? He he found that uh, more than ninety percent of the data collected within the United States has been corrupted. In other words, the data they're using to say it's warmer here is bad data. Remember, garbage in, garbage out. See, according to the study of the corrupted climate stations, the official U.S. surface temperature record remains fatally flawed. They found that 96% of U.S. temperature stations that are, that are used to measure all this information for NOAA do not meet the NOAA, the National Oceanographic and Atmospheric Administration. They do not meet what's called an acceptable uh, uh, installation. They, they, they don't, they're, they're placed in places where the data that they're collecting is corrupted. Now, what do I mean by that? Or more accurately, what do they mean by that? Well, in order to be considered a, 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 an accurate temperature station, thermometers need to be pl placed in, in locations where they're not impacted by non-atmospheric issues. In other words, you don't want them uh, near buildings or, or parking lots or against brick walls. You, you, because the bricks and the asphalt and the other things, well, they tend to artificially trap and radiate heat, giving you a, a warming bias. Now, that's not to say that those areas aren't warmer, but that's not an accurate uh, representation of what the world is doing. It shows a, a, a the heat bias. I remember many years ago when I was still working in corporate America, we had an event in uh, Las Vegas. And a bunch of us guys went out and we had dinner one night and we were walking back to our hotels and it was 10 o'clock, 1030 at night. And it was still almost 100 degrees out. And so, wow, it's 100 degrees at 10 o'clock at night. I said, guys, we built a heat island in the middle of a desert. It's going to be hot here. That doesn't mean the world's getting hot. It means it's hot here because we created the artificial conditions to make it hot here. So maybe if we, instead of focusing on all the new, the doom and gloom and, and bad news about climate, maybe if we actually looked at some real data, then maybe we'd have a better assessment about whether or not, well, we're really in trouble. And again, a quick look at some history says the people that have been predicting our imminent demise, they've been wrong all along. And if you look at the true data, if we're actually only up 1.6 degrees Fahrenheit, how much of that is based on this corrupted data? I wonder what the actual numbers would be. See, then I don't feel so bad about global warming. I don't figure my daughter is going to have much of an experience from it um, by looking at the data. And you know what? Suddenly, America doesn't seem like such a bad place after all. Now, I have some more information to bring you, some news that may trigger up a little bit. But I have to take a break first. Before I go, I hope you'll head to the website constitutionstudy.com 
find out more about what we're doing here, maybe ask a question, sign up for a, a mailing list. Hey, you want to get a book? You know, we've got Independence Day coming up. This would be a bad time to actually read and study the Constitution. Well, if you go to the website, constitutionstudy.com, and you go to Books and More, you'll find several books you can read. And if you order one of the paperbacks, since you listen to the Constitution of America Out Loud, I'll give you free shipping if you use the code OUTLOUD at checkout. That's a deal exclusively for those of you who listen to me on America Out Loud. So go to constitutionstudy.com uh, slash shop. I'm, this is on my paperback books, right? The, 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 read the Constitution in 30 days and the Constitution study. Uh, if you order the paperbacks, I'll give you free shipping if you use that code out loud. Speaking of that code out loud, you know, another place that works is at a place called Healthy Cell. Healthy Cell is a leading innovator in supplements designed to work at the cellular level. One of the products I use regularly is called Focus and Recall. It helps boost my short-term focus and my long-term brain power without the caffeine or sugar that so many other products have. Just simple vitamins. So do like I do. When you get to the end of the day and you're getting a little fuzzy, lay off the coffee, lay off the sweet drinks, lay off the energy shots, try Focus and Recall and get a nice vitamin boost without all the, the, the caffeine and the sugar. Now, as I mentioned, that code out loud, season America Out Loud listener, Healthy Cell will give you 25% off your first order. And not just a focused recall, but any of their wonderful products. So please go to HealthyCell.com, look around, try all their wonder, decide what products you want to try, put your cart together, but make sure you use that code out loud at checkout. It lets them know that you listen to America Out Loud, and as a thank you, they're going to give you 25% off your first order. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn, and the harder you try, the harder it is to drift off. And today's fast-paced digital age makes it tougher. You're not alone. Poor sleep affects over 70% of us. The CDC even labeled insufficient sleep a public health epidemic. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, sleep deep, and wake refreshed. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep using calming herbs, amino acids, and sleep hormone support. Over a thousand reviews with an average star rating of over 4.4 proves it works. Take back your sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. We wouldn't go a day without washing our hands, brushing our teeth, and washing our nose. Well, wait. We wash our nose? Yes. The number one place where bacteria, viruses, and pollen enter the body is through the nose. So the average person breathes over 23,000 times a day. That's 23,000 opportunities for bacteria, viruses, and irritants to get into your nose and make you sick. For an extra layer of protection, wash your nose with Clear. That is Clear, X-L-E-A-R. Clear's drug-free nasal spray features xylitol, an ingredient proven to block adhesion of many nasty bacteria and viruses, and effectively clean, not just rinse like a saline, but wash your nose. Clear nasal spray quickly alleviates congestion, opens your airway, and ensures your body's natural defenses are strong. Read the research studies for yourself at clear.com. That's X-L-E-A-R.com. Protect yourself from the pathogens and junk you breathe. 
Pick up a bottle for you and your family today. We are fighting the ultimate fight between good and evil. AmericaOutloud.com replaces groupthink with innovative think. Well, it was Walt Whitman, the poet, who said, Keep your face always toward the sunshine, and shadows will fall behind you. America Out Loud Talk Radio. The liberty and justice for all. Welcome back, everyday Americans. You've rejoined the Constitution study. And today, well, today we're talking about American pride. That, that as, as much as we find problems in this country, as much as there is wrong, if we live, lift our heads up, if we look at the forest and not just those, those rotten trees, you may find, well, there are things to be proud of. That, that America still is a pretty good place. They're, 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 we're not nearly as bad as, as some people would think. As we see the rising generations having less and less pride about living in this country, maybe we need to make sure that we don't lose the good because all we do is focus on the bad. A perfect example has to do with how we dealt with, uh, or how we've been dealing with, COVID and, and other misinformation. Meta uh, CEO Mark Zuckerberg, uh, that, that's the parent company over Facebook, and, and he was doing an interview and he was talking about uh, some of the censorship. And he said, yeah, sometimes it's, it's really tricky. He says, there's some data that may be false, but not harmful. So it's like, all right, are you going to censor someone for just being wrong? If there's, if there's no kind of harm implication of what they're doing. He went on later to talk about the, the, uh, some of the reactions to COVID and how in the early days of the pandemic, the, the, the quote-unquote establishment was giving platforms like Meta a, a mixed signal. He said, uh, just take some of the stuff around COVID early in the pandemic, where there were real health implications, but there hadn't been time to fully vet a bunch of scientific assumptions. And unfortunately, I think a lot of the establishment on that kind of waffled on a bunch of facts. But those were waffling on facts that, well, Meta used to censor information. Uh, he also said, looking back, uh, uh, that uh, they may have actually ended up uh, censoring information that, well, ended up to being de more debatable or true, but it still got censored. And he said the hasty calls for censorship based on unsteady data, well, it played a role in shaking the foundations of trust in the scientific community. And, and not just the scientific community, by the way, I would say Meta, Facebook, and a lot of these social platforms. But what I found interesting as I look at this is... Um, well, you could look at this and see, well, look at all the censorship, look at all the, the bad science. And, and he says there there were, there were, you know, there are things that, well, they ended up being debatable or true. Well, there's a lot of them. A lot of the stuff that got censored turned out to be true, but it got censored anyway. And sure, we could look at that and say, wow, uh, you know, that that's really bad. What happens the next time? How much good information, how much data got lost well, because it was censored, because it was not considered politically correct. Yes, I use that term politically correct for two very important reasons. One, because a lot of the decisions about what information was being put out there was based on politics, not on science. The other reason is politically correct is the term used in the Soviet Union 
for information that was true, but politically inconvenient. And uh, if it's politically incorrect, you didn't speak it, even though it was true. But I also look at this and say, one of the reasons why the, 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 the tyrants, the people who want to control information, try so hard to censor information in this country is because of our tradition of freedom of speech and freedom of press. You take a, a, a company like, like Facebook and Meta, and they're private companies. They're private servers. They can do what they want with them. If they wish to censor information, they are legally allowed to. But guess what? In America, we are just as legally allowed to go somewhere else. Why do you think places like, like Harler and Gab and, and Telegram and, and Truth and, and Locals and all of these social media places have popped up in the face of censorship? Do they have the same reach as a Facebook? No. Do you get as much exposure on them as you do on Facebook? No. But the wonderful thing in this country is if one company is going to censor you, it encourages other companies to either modify their policies or just pop up out of nowhere to say, maybe we don't want to censor you. Maybe we'll, we'll, we'll make a point of saying, we're the guys that do not censor. Think of all the talk about too big to fail and, how, uh, and about companies being dangerous when they get too large. And maybe we need to break them up like we did AT&T. But the answer is not simply to get the government to break them up, but for the people to say, if that's how you're going to treat us, maybe we should go somewhere else. Of course, that may not help the person that only gets their information from Facebook. But the more we can expose more information, to me, the better things become. So as we look at the, the censorship, yeah, that's, that's bad. But the exposing of this information, the fact that we can go find other places, we can create other places where people can share information and do so freely, is a blessing of living in the United States. Speaking of censorship, how many of you have seen the, the video of uh, the street preacher who was standing across the street from a Pride event in Reading, Pennsylvania? He was not interrupting them. He was not disturbing them. He was not getting in their face. Yet he was arrested for doing so. See, one of the great things about the United States is it was all caught on video. And that video was published. By the way, not just the video taken by one of the other people there, but they look at the body cameras on the officers. Now, I, listen, I wish we lived in a world where we could simply trust what everybody says, but that's not the case. So here you have a, um, uh, you have actual official video showing what happened. And in fact, the Burke County District Attorney's Office said after looking at all this data, they could not prove a criminal case of disorderly conduct. Well, that's a very interesting statement. And I find it, uh, uh, you know, okay, th there was a mistake made. Um, I would kind of like to see the educational process afterwards. You know, there's a, a, a nonprofit legal uh, a group called the Foundation for Individual Rights and Expression, or FIRE. Um, they, they actually praised the prosecutor for their decision not to pursue charges, at least against the, the individual who was simply exercising his right. I disagree with them on one point because they say um, that uh, arresting someone for merely voicing disapproval of a celebratory event runs afoul of the First Amendment. Can't be the First Amendment. First Amendment says Congress shall make no law. 
However, it does violate the uh, Fifth Amendment, the Fourteenth Amendment, and the Constitution. In this case, the state of, of the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. But here's the thing that that also wasn't mentioned: um, that police officer committed a federal crime. See, remember I told you that it violated the Fifth and Fourteenth Amendment. The officer denied that individual both his liberty and the property he had in his rights without due process of law. He had no legal basis with which to arrest him. No, no, you know, they, they charged him with disorderly conduct, yet nothing he did was disorderly. Therefore, I would say that the officer should at least be receive some sort of reprimand. And in fact, not just the officer that arrested him, the two officers that assisted that officer should be reprimanded because they should they should know better. This, this should be a, 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 a no-brainer. I've watched the video, not the body cam, but I've watched the, the third-party video of it. And um, I, I, I think those officers need some better training. In fact, I'll even offer to help. I've offered it to my local sheriff. I've told him that I will come in and offer a free class in the Constitution to any and all of his, he and his deputies. Um, I'll offer it to uh, either Red, the, the Redding, Pennsylvania or Burke County. You want me to come in and teach your officers what the Constitution actually says? I would be more than happy to make those arrangements. Simply contact me through the website, constitutionstudy.com. See, I don't want to beat up on the officer. Because my guess is what you have here is a training problem. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know the officer. I've never met him before. But it certainly shows that we need the, the, the opportunity for education. And the wonderful thing in this country is you can get that education. If someone like me, I'm not a lawyer, I never went to law school, but I've read and studied the Constitution enough to recognize the criminal aspect of what was done. I want to inform this officer so that he is, he doesn't, he's aware of the danger, the jeopardy he put himself in, in following through with this. Now, here's another example. This one comes out of Amherst, Massachusetts, where uh, three school counselors have been placed on administrative leave since mid-May based on reported anonymous accusations of, quote-unquote, misgendering and, quote, anti-LGBTQ prayer at school, close quote. You can look at this. This is bad, ladies and gentlemen. This, this is bad. See, these three counselors are being placed on leave and subject to a Title IX investigation in violation of the Constitution. Here's problem number one. They refer to misgendering. Well, that's a violation of freedom of speech, which is protected by the Constitution of the state of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. And by denying, uh, or I should say by uh, pro, uh, prohibiting certain types of speech and not other types of speech, that's a violation of the 14th Amendment and the Equal Protection Clause. See, you can, you it, it's quite illegal for someone to use the wrong gender if they're referring to a person, but not someone who thinks they're LGBTQ, someone who thinks they're differently. And of course, the, the you know, the, I don't want to get too far into that. But they're also being looked at because they, they were accused of, of uh, expressing their religious views at work. Uh, again, there happens to be a law against that. In, and again, I'm not familiar with the, the freedom of religion laws in, specifically in Massachusetts. 
but it's certainly freedom of speech and freedom of expression. So what we have here is what appears to be viewpoint discrimination. Because you don't see charges against the students, first of all, uh, because they are suppressing the speech of others. They, they are uh, uh, verbally, uh, uh, I don't say attacking, but they're using their language against uh, the people because of what they believe. But here's the other thing. These are anonymous accusations. That word anonymous is very important. See, under the, under the Sixth Amendment, in a criminal case, you have the right to confront your accuser. Now, while an anonymous report may lead to an investigation, these people weren't simply investigated. They were put on leave. They were suspended based on anonymous accusations. Ladies and gentlemen, that's a violation of due process. By the way, that's also a federal crime, right? Because you're denying people of the right protected by the Constitution of the United States under color of, of law. I know, we could look at this and say, really, that's terrible. What I'd like to see is how many of the, the parents and other families in the, Ham in the Amherst School District, well, how many of them are concerned about what's going on here? How many of them look at the, hold similar views as these three counselors? So I'm sure the vast majority of the, of the nation would lean towards the counselors not the the anti not the LGBTQ students that have made these accusations. Again, my biggest concern, besides you know, is is the viewpoint discrimination and the lack of due process. The good news is news is out. People in in, in Amherst and other areas of, of Massachusetts can show up and do something about this. Now, I don't know if the administrative leave is with or without pay. If it's without pay, pay needs to be restored retroactively immediately. But if it is, if this investigation does show that these counselors were harassing students with their language, that's something different. If they were, um, uh, if they were acting in such a way as to uh, um, harm, physically harm, do serious emotional damage to these students. There's a case there. If all they did was express their own opinions, if all they did was offer prayers at school that was, you know, while on their own, or not during during counseling time, well, they have the, every right to do that. And that's a wonderful thing about America. See, America, you can disagree. You can believe one thing and 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 not be coerced by the state into having to express something else. Now, this is a public school district. This is a government school. The rules are a little different for a government school than, say, a private business like, uh, oh, I don't know, a hair salon. Uh, specifically, a hair salon called uh, Hair We Are. See, this, this hairstylist, uh, a lady by the name of Cindy York, worked at the salon Hair We Are, well, since July of 21. And on Facebook, she finally got fed up. She says, I can't take this anymore. She says, I stand with Jesus. She wrote that on, on, on Facebook in response to a Na National Geographic special advertised by Disney Plus that's titled Pride from Above. I've already talked about how, isn't it disgraceful that in the United States, we spend a month 
showing pride for perversion and a day trying to remember the people who died so that people could live lives as they see fit. Now, for this post, she lost her job. Two days later, the salon manager texted her to tell her she had been fired for insubordination. See, in the text uh, uh, that was found by the, by, uh, reported by the Daily Signal, the supervisor said, I asked you to take the post down yesterday afternoon at 3.15. You chose not to. You leave me no other choice but to let you go from the company immediately for insubordination. Not sure. This is bad. Right. The, the, the salon, she wasn't talking for the salon. She wasn't on the salon's Facebook site. At least I don't believe so. If, this was, she, if she was expressing her own opinion on her own time, on her own Facebook account, what she says is none of the salon's business. But the manager thinks she has the right to tell her what she's allowed to post on, on Facebook. Now, at private salon. If she doesn't want that type of information, somebody who expressed that of working at the at that salon, that is their right. It's also the right of the rest of the American people to realize what a, a dictatorial, tyrannical, um, antithetical to, to America this hair salon is. I don't know where this hair salon is, but I hope the American people realize maybe that's not a place I wish to support. And after seeing the backlash at, at Target and, and uh, Anheuser-Busch and, and others for some of their outrageous stances, maybe, just maybe there are more Americans that agree with us as well. And that would be good news, too. Now, I have to take another break. Before I do, I want you to remind, me to remind you to join me. See, I go to AmericaOutloud.com every day to get the latest news and happenings. I get lots of different viewpoints from a lot of different people. You know what? I post them. I share the stories, the articles, the podcasts, the videos on my social media and other platforms. And I'm asking you to do the same. See, by doing this together, we can all work to secure the blessings of liberty. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. The Wellness Company's chief medical board designed every supplement and medical protocol with your health in mind. From groundbreaking supplements like the Spike Support Formula to unique care like Freedom from Big Pharma. Join a healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interest of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be, with a company that shares your values. Go to OutloudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. If you're like me, you'd like life to return to some kind of normal. You're burned out on all the fear-mongering, but deep down you try and minimize viral exposure and your risk of getting sick. You've heard it talked about time and again by respected medical professionals. Use a pulvinone iodine nasal solution. I don't need to tell you just how powerful a nasal cleansing formula with xylitol, pulvinone iodine, and vitamin D3 for immune support could be. In fact, my attorney told me not to tell you. Google it and find out for yourself. Now, get yourself a bottle of American-made Cofix RX nasal solution. Let's get out and live again. CofixRx.com. That's C-O-F-I-X-R-X.com. Use coupon code out loud and get 20% off.
Welcome back, everyday Americans. That's right, you're back here at the Constitution Study. And today, we're talking about American pride. You know, the, the idea that there is a lot to be proud in, in, in America. I mean, sure, there are problems. We have our issues. But there's still an awful lot to be proud of, and we shouldn't miss that forest for the trees of the things that are wrong. Now, I ended the last segment with a, a situation where a salon worker was was fired because of the post, some Facebook posts she had made, a comment on, on some of the pride posts. Well, here's a different take on it. This comes from the, the city of Philadelphia. Uh, back in 2019, uh, it was revealed there was a database that was cataloging controversial Facebook posts by active and former police officers across many, many sta several states at least. And many of these hosts were considered oh, racist. Now, there were some 200 officers in Philadelphia that faced disciplinary actions. 15 of them were facing termination, and 12 of them, well, they actually filed a lawsuit against the city alleging a retaliation for exercising the First Amendment rights. I'm going to go back to this again, because it's, it's one of the most common misconceptions, not only in the public, but in the legal field. See, the, the First Amendment says Congress shall make no law. They were not terminated based on a law from Congress. This is not anything related to Congress. But it did violate the, uh, the Constitution of the Commonwealth of Philadelphia. It also would, would be a violation of the 14th Amendment as an, as an equal protection clause or a due process clause. Now, the, the, these officers filed suit in federal court because they're alleging a First Amendment violation. And the district court, well, they dismissed the lawsuit. Why? Well, they said the officer's posts eroded public safety and it also infringed on the city's social media policy. Now, I, 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 I haven't read the opinion. Uh, I, I'm reading a snapshot from a, an article on Reclaim the Net. But I find it interesting. See, I don't believe they were using official city accounts or official city property. So I don't see where the city had any, any justifiable grounds to say, we don't like what it is you're saying. That'd be a violation of the Constitution of Pennsylvania. By the way, it would also be a violation, a violation of, um, I believe, the Equal Protection Clause and the Due Process Clause in the 14th Amendment. Well, the, the case was appealed to the Third Circuit. And uh, a three-judge panel concurred that the posts were offensive, racist, even violent. And they were very specific. They clarified that they did not contone the officers' use of social media to mock, disparage, and threaten the very con uh, communities they were sworn to protect. They even went on to say that posts like the officers have the capacity co to confirm the community's worst fears about bias in policing. Some of the court really didn't like what they were saying, but we have this little issue. See, the, the appeals court reversed. They overturned the decision of the uh, district court and is allowing the lawsuit to go forward. Why? Well, they said the dismissal of the lawsuit was hasty because there's a lot of uncertainties around the, the post and, and, and the, lead, the, the what led to the disciplinary action, the origins of some of the posts, some of the overall impact. Now, again, the question is, do these officers have a right, whether it's under the First Amendment, as this lawsuit claims, or under the Constitution of Pennsylvania, 
to express views that are hateful, offensive, racist. Okay, maybe not violent, maybe not threats of violence. They, they, you may express violent ideas, but threats of violence are not allowed. But that's an interesting question. And, and again, one of the thing, great things about this country is we have the right to petition the government for a redress of grievance. We still have the right to go and say, wait a second, what you've done is wrong. Let's, um, let, let's have it, we want it reviewed in court. And if a court gets it wrong, well, we can appeal it to another level of court to, to find an answer. And again, it's not whether or not the, the dismissal was right or wrong. It's the opportunity for these officers to have their day in court. And that, to me, is a good thing. That's great things about America, is the fact that, yeah, you, you have your right to a day in court, and um, that's a reason to be proud about living in this country. I saw another article, this coming out of uh, Michigan. Well, actually, there are a lot of courts across the country that are setting up guidelines for what's, quote-unquote, inclusive language. By that, they generally mean is um, using the the preferred pronouns of lawyers, defendants, prosecutors, in contradiction to the English language and you know what the the, the actual objective reality dealing with us. Now, when it comes to use of pronouns, th this is a, a a sticky spot. See, on the one hand. I understand being want, wanting to be referred to by uh, uh, a, a name that's appropriate. You know, uh, my name is Paul Engel. If someone calls me Fred or Jeff, well, I tend to correct them. No, my name is my name is Paul. If someone misspells my last name, well, in many situations, I will correct them as well. To repeatedly do so, well, it just seems rude. But then again, I'm not asking people to refer to me as Janet or Pamela. I, I'm, I'm not in, in requiring people to use a pronoun that is not applicable. I'm not asking them to use a, a plural pronoun to, re to refer to an individual in the construction of, of, of the English language. And let's face it, this, this whole pronoun nonsense is about coercion, coercing people into stating a fact that just isn't true. Now, the Michigan Supreme Court is floating a proposal that would require judges to use the preferred pronouns of lawyers and defendants, but you know, legal groups are, are saying there's a, a constitutional issue here. Now, during a hearing uh, a week or two ago, the Catholic Lawyer Societies of Metropolitan Detroit opposed the Michigan Supreme Court's pr uh, proposed rule that would require judges to use preferred pronouns because it argued that it compels speech in violation of the First Amendment. All right, I got to repeat myself again. This is not a First Amendment issue. It is, however, a violation of the Constitution of Michigan. I don't know the details of their First Amendment, uh, or I'm sorry, of their, their Freedom of Speech Clause, but I know they have one, and I know the idea of compelling speech is is a violation of the state's constitution. I would also say it's a violation of the 14th Amendment since you are uh, creating a law that uh, deprives someone of the liberty to use the, the language the way they've been taught or to coerce them to, to use language that is, that is in, syntactically incorrect under th threat of, of punishment. 
Now, uh, uh, Marsha McBrien, who is a, a board member of the Catholic Lawyer Society of Metropolitan Detroit, said that the proposal would force Catholic judges to either affirm an ideology that is directly contrary to Catholic teaching or risk judicial disciplinary uh, discipline proceedings. And, and she's got a point. See, to me, the, 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 the interesting thing is the coercion to use a pronoun. See, if someone said, you know, for example, let's say we're in a situation, let's say I'm a judge and I have a defendant who is a dude. Maybe he's in a dress, but he's got a beard and a mustache. He's obviously a dude. And I refer to him as he, him, sir, whatever. And he objects. Well, fine, I could refer to him by his last name. I don't have to use the pronoun if, you know, that would be, to me, would be a compromise, right? I'm not trying to insult him by using a pronoun he doesn't like, but I'm obviously referring to him, and he's, and I'm not being coerced to use a pronoun that supports an ideology, a, 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 uh, um, an idea directly contrary to my own beliefs. Now, again, this is something that we can work out. The question is, will we um, follow due process on all sides, making sure not just the, the pro-transgender movement, but those who are opposed to it all have the same rules, the equal protection of the law. See, if I, can, if I have to be coerced to use a pronoun um, because uh, of, uh, uh, for someone who's transgender, well, then can I coerce them to use a pronoun for me that um, they find offensive? That if you're going to have equal protection, you have to allow both sides. Now, again, this is it's it, it, our history. Recent history shows this is not a battle we're doing very well with. But the good news is we can still talk about these things. We can still bring them up, and we can still look for a, a, a compromise that will nobody will be happy, but everybody will be able to live live with it. Now, one area where this country, I believe, we, we again, we have a lot of problems, and that is with our so-called justice system. I contend we don't have a justice system. What we have is, is just a system, because we do not have the equal protection of the law. We're supposed to, but we don't. And the easiest example of that is, uh, uh, well, it's with it's, uh, the recent brouhaha uh, with all of the uh, confidential documents. Everything from the Mar-a-Lago raid and the Trump indictments to the evidence that um, presidents going all the way back to Reagan have stored classified documents in, inappropriately, to the fact that um, Vice President Mike Pence and, at the time, Vice President Joe Biden had uh, classified documents they were not supposed to have. Even uh, then-Secretary of State Hillary Clinton set up a whole private email server to transact in, among other things, classified documents in violation of the law. But there's only one man so far that's actually been charged. Now, what I find disturbing on multiple levels are someone like um, well, former Deputy Director of the FBI, Andrew McCabe, who says that, well, you know, when Hillary Clinton did, well, it wasn't actually a problem because, well, she wasn't she wasn't trying to. She said it was interesting because they, he said that neither the the invest, uh, inspector general or the FBI found any evidence of intentionality, intention to remove material, intention to withhold material, intention to essentially converse 
uh, uh, converts in classified ways. There's a certain problem, though. See, that's not a requirement of the law. The law doesn't say you knowingly or intentionally did this. It simply says if you mishandle documents, classified documents, well, then you violated the law. Now, if you're a Clinton or Obama or a Biden, apparently you can get away with that. Not so much if you're a Trump. But even with those, those inconsistencies, the fact that this stuff is out in the open, the fact that, that it is being brought forward, that's being exposed to sunlight, is actually a wonderful thing in this country. That we, we can, granted, not as many people see it, maybe not as many people care about it as we think, but the fact that we can bring these ideas to light, that we can expose, I, I, I've gotten beyond the idea that this is hypocrisy, this is beyond hypocrisy. This is, um, I guess I could only call it uh, political. It's placing politics uh, above justice, above what is right and what is honorable. And in this country, we still have the ability to bring this to light. Now, Mr. Trump is going to get his day in court. Um, he's going to be judged by a, probably by a jury of his peers. I don't think he's going to ask for a bench trial. He's going to want people to decide his fate. And it's a wonderful thing to see that in this country. So I'm not saying this country doesn't have problems. I point them out all the time. But every so often, I want to pick my head up and stop looking at those rotten trees and look at all the rest of the trees that are just beautiful and green and growing. I don't want to lose that beautiful forest for the trees that seem to so much suck up our attention. Part of the way I do that is by not burying my head in the news media, corporate or otherwise. I, I have time during the day that I go through a lot of news in order to prepare this program and the other t products that I create. But overall, I try not to spend too much time worrying about well, what, other, what the news is saying. I try to find out for myself what's going on. And yes, I get caught in the trap. Some days I shake my head going, dear Lord, where are we? What's, what's happened to this once great country? Then again, I look at other times. I look at people that, that stand up and, and do the right thing, that help their neighbors. There's a podcast I listen to, and every day they, they're on. They one of the things they have is is a a good basically a Good Samaritan report, where they find some story of somebody who did the right thing at the right time simply because it was the right thing to do. I think maybe we need to remind ourselves that what the news is telling us is not the whole picture. In fact, my guess is it's not even a fraction of the picture. Maybe those people online who, who tell me that there's no hope um, and, and all we can do is you know run for the hills and, and barricade ourselves in and wait for the destruction of society. Maybe if we all took some time and looked for a little bit of the good and then better yet, shared that. Let other people know that there is good out there. You know, the, what's the old saying in, uh, uh, in the news media? If it bleeds, it leads. However, maybe we ought to spend a little more time and realize that those stories are what they call the man bites dog story. The unusual, the, the out of place. 
maybe we spend a little bit more time on the usual things, the good things, and realizing there's a reason to be proud about this great country and be thankful that we live here. Hopefully, you'll like it so much you'll come back and join us here at the Constitution Study every weekday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time on America Out Loud Talk Radio, heard on the iHeartRadio Network. If you can't listen then, all the episodes go to podcasts generally a day or two after they're heard on the radio. You can listen on your favorite podcast app, but do me a favor, subscribe to the show. Leave me a rating or review, especially on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the Constitution Study and listen to them as well. You can find all the links you need at the homepage at AmericaOutloud.com. But like with so many other things, let's share this news. Share the links, share the story, share the information. So you're doing more than just sharing a link to another program. You're helping us and all of us share the blessings of liberty. <laughs>